and welcome to part two this week we're going to deal with good guys with a gun join us as we stray further every day what you believe about god dictates how you will think our philosophies dictate how our culture behaves politics is simply the enforcement of cultural norms the truth claims about god philosophy culture and policies will affect what we value when these things are in alignment the bible is possible Alrighty there, welcome to Further Everyday, the podcast where we explore current events through the lens of the Christian worldview. Uh, we're all back here. It's been a week for y'all, but uh, uh, just a 10-minute drink break for us. We wanted to knock out as many of these as we can. We've got Josh, Mr. Charlie, Steve, Jennifer, and myself all howdy. sitting down in respective chairs. Thank you. She got the memo. I was I was giving y'all a beat to say howdy or hi. <laughs> hey, John Arthur. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> you know what cats in Texas say? Meowdy. Meowdy. Oh. Yikes. Oh. Canceled. Oh. Canceled. And, it's okay. And we okay. just lost the viewership on that one right there. And with Mr. Charlie. <laughs> okay. And with Mr. Charlie. We are here. We are here. We are here. Okay. <laughs> and we are... Off track. Let's get back on. Talking today about mass shootings. What a jovial mood. Okay. No, but this time we do have a reason to be more happy. We do have a reason to be more happy. <laughs> These two are about to die with the dark humor. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Okay. Uh, we are talking about, about mass shootings. Josh. Josh. Oh, my gosh. The, the, the air in this room. Okay, the thing is, is we're also about to try to launch some sketches today. So the air in this room, we were in a bit of a writer's room mode a moment ago. So I don't know what's going on, but um, anyway. And uh, producing today, again, is not the Meg, but uh, I got uh, Mama Fiala running the board. So hey, thank Mom. you for jumping yeah. in. Uh, she's been learning the new system. 20-year no, veteran of uh, live broadcast production, but every board's different, and our... Uh, our system is hard to get used to. Thank you for I hear you that. Taking, her out, taking her out for a steak dinner afterward. I, I just I just gave her a steak dinner last night. It's like great planned. Back to back. Planned. But I've, I've got to go back to back now. You're right, because two episodes. It's yeah, two, episodes. Say, two episodes. So I've got I've to do something else. I, I, I guess I'm going to Aldi. <laughs> I'm sorry. McDonald's? <laughs> no, Aldi, Aldi, Aldi. It, it will be steak. It will be steak. The, those headlines are okay, right? The McDonald's yeah, steak okay. sandwich, right? So, uh, <laughs> anyway, dealing. Oh my gosh, we're off. So, good guys with guns. Good guys with guns. Do they ever happen? You're going to hear in the media over and over again. There's never. There's no such thing as good guy with a gun. Well, again, like we talked about last week, ninety four percent of these active shooter scenarios. And by the way, mass shooting, active shooter. Everyone has a different definition. The FBI, the CDC, and uh, all of your left-wing publications, they will all play with them. If there are three people involved in some cases, including sometimes a shooter or four people, I forget which one it is, if it's the four or the five, they will lump the shooter in and call it a mass shooting. And John Arthur, I think it's really important to note for the, the listeners out there, you need to be very careful when you hear these kind of statistics being spouted off by politicians. Because and, they will spin it. And by us. <clears throat> Don't trust us. Go Links in the description. Yeah, right. Links in the description. Don't Correct. believe me. Believe your own eyes. Don't don't believe anyone in this room. Right. Go verify. Go verify. That's the one th that's the difference, by the way. That's the difference between us and them. We'll tell you, you know what? You don't believe us? Fine. Fine. 
Go look at it yourself. We are going to link in the description. You want to debate our stats? You want to debate? Fine. On the merits. Let's go. Debate it. Because I would like us to come to a conclusion. If you were willing to come to a reasonable conclusion, if you're willing to have your mind changed, you know, I had a discourse. I'm done answering the comments as far as, as far as uh, angry comments. I had a discourse with someone in the comments a few, few sections back and he said, well, you're a Christian. You're unwilling to, uh, you know, change your mind. I said, I, I did. I put Jesus on the chopping block. I'm willing to do that. You, 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 you disprove the resurrection. I don't believe in Jesus anymore. You want to disprove that? Do it. And I will drop Jesus. Jesus is not worth believing in if he's not real. Amen. If it's a fairy tale, I want nothing to do with it. You should be the same. You should be the same, by the way. The guy totally ignored that and said that I wasn't willing to change my mind. Okay, that's fine. It was a one-way conversation. It was a one-way conversation. But see, that's why we have our comment section. So that... Go crazy in there. I mean, you know, discussion is possible. Go nuts. So today we're going to talk about 10 cases, 10 cases where a good guy with a gun intervened. 94% of these occur in gun-free zones. Link in the description for that data from Breitbart. However, you're going to see a lot of these. About half of them are off-duty EMS, firefighters, or police. Who's going to carry a gun in a gun-free zone? Not a citizen, a shooter maybe, and maybe an off-duty officer. Okay, so right. people are going to say, well, he's just an officer. Uh, who is going to be carrying a gun in a gun-free zone? Walk that back a little bit. The reason you have so few good guys with a gun is because you limit the population to just off-duty officers or officers who are across the street or in the vicinity. But they're not part of the 911 response in most of these cases. Jeez, what's that in my eye? I don't know. So... I want to start off before we get too far off the trail with Josh. Too late. Josh, I know. It, it, this 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 episode is toast. But <laughs> moving over to Josh. Uh, start off with toast. story number 11. We did 20 stories for today, dropping part one and part two. Um, go ahead and start off with that San Diego story, please. Story 11 in continuation from our previous 10 stories. On March 5th, 2001 at 9.20 a.m., Off-duty San Diego PD officer Bob Clark was enrolling his teenage daughter in her new high school, Santana High. Upon hearing the commotion, Clark ran into the high school where he found and apprehended C.W., the active shooter who had murdered two of his fellow students and injured 13 more. Clark was joined by three other officers on his way into the building, but once again, this is a matter of good guys on scene with guns who are not part of the 911 response. This was also on a school property. So this story, link in the description, is absolutely heartrending. You've got CW was angry with people, and uh, he goes into the bathroom, loads his gun, he's 22, and uh, he shoots one of his friends who had bullying him or whatever. The next one he shoots is right in the throat, and this one survives. And he, he said, I looked up and said, Why? And CW responded with, shut up, walked out, shot another boy in the back. Uh, that boy died uh, shortly thereafter. And uh, one of the the students there said he saw his friend get shot in the back and CW was just there smiling. By the way, uh, if this is, this is the, 
I'm not sure if this one is 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 still alive or not. I think he I, I think he's still in prison. But a couple of these guys have come out later and they've been released from prison and they're out in the world telling their story and they're talking about anti-bullying campaigns. Okay. There's room for forgiveness. But I don't know that there's room to allow someone like this to live another day. And I, I, I want to say that very cautiously because these boys should be put down, and, and gals, there'll be gals in here too, should be put down immediately. You have a large swath of witnesses. They should be they should get thirty days to make make their right, you know make make their uh, uh spirit right with God and that's it. You don't get to live thirty years after planning and calculating and cold blooded murder. It shouldn't be the case. Next story. In the afternoon of January sixteenth, two thousand two P.O., a 43-year-old male, entered the Appalachian School of Law in Gundy, Virginia. P.O. had just been suspended for poor academic performance, so he had come back to shoot Dean L. Sutton, the one he blamed for his pain. Faculty member Thomas F. Blackwell was also present and therefore was also shot fatally. Former school employee and now student Angela Dennis Dales, 33, was the last fatal victim. While three other students were shot, no one else died that day due to the quick action of other criminal law students, two of whom had been already serving in law enforcement. One of the three, Michael Gross, ran out of the building during the firing to don his bulletproof vest in a service pistol before coming back to subdue P.O. Okay. Just so that we're keeping account, so far out of the 20 that we've been covering, one maybe in a gun in a in a gun permissible zone maybe one maybe one so far we're into and this is a graduate studies law school so you got guys i i don't know what those three gentlemen's degrees were i know that two of them were already police officers so they were assumably there for criminal law and mm. and, and, and an upgrade on that they've both been serving as officers the other one wasn't but they weren't allowed to carry on campus just think about that Angela uh, Dennis Dales, she had worked at that school for the better part of her life, of her adult life, and she finally had saved up enough. This is her story. She finally had saved up enough to start attending. For her, that was a major milestone, and her life was cut short on a different floor than when the first firings happened, if I, if, if I understood the news story correctly. So... Imagine if these gentlemen had been carrying. Maybe Angela Dennis Dales would be alive. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Yeah. And they had to run out to their vehicles to get their weapons. And you're going to see that's a common refrain here. That We're, 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 we're going to see that multiple times. So when you take away someone's right, and like if they're, if they're someone like you or I, we may or may not, do something like that, have something staged outside of the gun-free zone, but you're forcing that person, that good person, to off-body carry. And by the way, if, if you're a nerd with the stats, you know that off-body carry is one of the best ways to get yourself killed. Having to run all the way to the car? Jeez. So just put that in your mind. 
you know, they, they so at, at the NRA rally, I've, I've said this before, but the, at the NRA rally, we were, we were interviewing people and one of them said, well, what, what would you have them do? Would you arm teachers? I said, no. Huh? He's thinking I'm going to go along talk, typical talking points. I said, but I wouldn't restrict a PE coach or a principal from being able to carry. If they want to carry, why not carry them? I wouldn't arm them. I'd let them arm themselves if they wanted to. Again, it's always about choice. It's always about choice. With them, it's always about taking away someone else's choice for their favored worldview, whereas the Christian is always interested in giving you the choice and the consequences that fall out from that choice. I'm just saying, that is the clearest delineation. It's always choice. And Do you have choice and do you have consequences? John Arthur, real quick, just to make sure that people understand i think what is a key point we're talking about a lot of gun-free zones all of them being schools in the these situations i've worked at major corporations and they post it proud and loud do not enter and i'll tell you what for those of you that are working for your fortune 100 companies you're not in a safe place when you're walking in if one person goes crazy in there you're good luck so i don't know how many of y'all read the excel spreadsheet that I put in, uh, put out there in in our little group. I went ahead and put out an Excel spreadsheet from the t- 2000 to 2018 FBI DOJ stats on active shooter situations as the FBI lays them out. So I believe it's three people involved. Most of the ones that committed suicide or were killed by cops were company homicides. Very few company homicides are stopped by bystanders. It's actually school shootings that see an overrepresentation in stoppage uh, because people are, you know, you got a lot of people there and someone plays the hero. Sometimes they don't make it though. There's a lot of stories recently of kids, 16, 17 year old football players with their life ahead of them. They charge the gunman and they're gunned down. But school shootings are overrepresented. Absolutely. Your workplace is one of the most dangerous places because you got people who come back like P.O. in this one case, he was hacked off because he was cut or getting suspended because of his poor academics. He had a wife and kids at home, and he saw this as his one chance to get through. Uh, the dean was the one who uh, who axed him, so this guy comes up and offs the dean, and poor Frank was just there. Yep. And so just something to note. You know, and I just want to make a little comment when you were talking about being at the NRA and talking to some people, those were some of some very interesting interviews that you had done there when I was with you on those, doing your camera work for you. Those people were just out there. Most of them were so obnoxious and used explosives about every third or fourth word that it was there was no way you could have used the video because it would have been pretty much nothing but bleeps and and extremely loud blowhorn noises they can't have a conversation with a reporter they're there to champion a cause but they can't even have a conversation with a reporter crew because they're so busy blaring over the speaker, shame, 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 bad people, whatever. And and we literally couldn't use the footage. Right. So, it, you know, okay, get your message out there. Ha ha, ha ha, funny. Good job. Um, but in the meantime, let's try to have a, have a, let's try to make sure that we keep our discourse clean. By the way, a lot of the NRA supporters 
were just as quick to jump in. Yes, it's fun to mock people. It's hard to win them. It's hard to win them. Mocking is fun. Winning is hard. We want to win the people, not the argument, not the debate. And so just moving right along. Uh, Next story. Yes, number story 13. Mm-hmm. On September 23rd, 2017, Caleb Engel gets a divinely appointed chastisement for backsliding concerning church attendance. So, on the 24th, Caleb Engel attended services at Burnett Chapel in Nashville. ES was attending the chapel that day to kill at least 10 white people in revenge for the Charleston shooting. Upon confronting ES, Caleb Engel suffered several injuries, including a dislocated shoulder, broken nose, and a gash on his forehead. E.S. suffers a gunshot wound from E.S.'s own weapon. Caleb Ingalls then retrieves a firearm from his father's truck. The men then wait for E.M.S. and police. So, here you've got a double, double jeopardy. This is technically someone without a gun until they go out to the truck and get one while they wait. So Caleb Ingalls was just a visitor, but this guy comes in, shoots a 39-year-old mother down, just walking through the crosswalk. Guns are down. To kill at least 10 white people are uh, uh, ES's own words. And uh, he, you know, racially motivated. We've already talked about, you know, look, every side has their kooks. Okay, I'm 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 not I'm not here to paint one side with a broad brush. We've already brought up someone who claimed to be conservative, and was mentally wacko, and did some evil crap. So just laying that out there. But Caleb had the skills and the training, or at least the attitude, to attack this this man with open hand skills, and ultimately gain control of the firearm. And shot ES with his own firearm. Then he had to go where? Out to the truck. To his dad's truck. To go to get the gun. retrieve it. Now, it says at the beginning also that, you know, um, he was chastised for backsliding on his church attendance. Now, we got to understand this is what? It was a Church of Christ? I yes. believe. Yes. I think so. If I'm not mistaken. I think so. Church. So someone, someone at a at a uh, garage sale of all places was said, "Hey, Caleb, where have you been? You've been what? in church." And thank God, thank God, he responded. Yes, he was divinely appointed that day, I believe, yes. to stop that man. So, just so that we're clear, that's a man without a gun getting a gun in the fight. And by right. the way, uh, if you're going to have a gun. Get training. Learn retention. Uh, ES didn't learn that. Thank God. But you need to learn that. People talk about people taking a gun away from you. It's less likely than likely. But you should. You should learn how to retain. How to draw in such a way that you are keeping it low and ready. So that you can pull it back. So that if the shooter is coming at you, you still maintain control of the weapon. By the way, if you pull a gun... You need to be ready to fire it. Yep. Okay. That practice is called dry firing. And, well, not just, yes, absolutely dry firing helps with accuracy. and But you also need to practice dry fire from holster. Absolutely. Correct. But you need to practice movements. 
You need to practice movements. You need to practice if you ever are in a situation where your church is besieged by someone who's firing into the church. You need to know how to corner. If you're coming out like this around a corner, what's going to happen? Someone can grab your gun, and now you're in trouble. You need to, you need to practice these things. If you do decide to carry, carry responsibly. Get training. I can't say that enough. Go and get training. And uh, thank God ES didn't. Next story. Story 14. On May 25th, 2008, a nice night at the Players Bar and Grill was interrupted by E.V., who had some sort of gang-related beef with the Torres brothers. A concealed carrier from Reno shot E.V. after E.V. had murdered Jose and Margarito Torres, as well as having injured two other patrons. Just another night at the bar, right? Just another night at the bar. So imagine being the two other victims. There's elderly couple that were in the crossfire. So you had a total of two dead, two injured. Or sorry, three dead, two injured, excuse me. Torres brothers were both gone. And um, Evie was gone. And you had this elderly couple. I don't know if they were together or not, but a man and a woman shot in the crossfire. You've got a guy who's carrying in the bar. Good on him. You see how quick that is? And, you know, the, the biggest thing that most people don't realize is that this is a mass shooting by the stats. This is a mass shooting. Where is this violence coming from, though? Gangs. Both of them. Evie was in one gang, and the Torres brothers were in another gang, and there was a dispute about a week ago, and that's what they think the impetus was, although all the members in the bar were dead, so you can't really question them. Right, and when um, I think it's 75% of your income is from alcohol, it's against the law to carry in a bar. So either he was in the non-carrying part or it was not a full bar, whatever happened, someone or maybe he was well period. illegally carrying but he he had a concealed carry permit and it was ruled by the da in this case if as i recollect that he was acting in the defense of others so it was it was you know passed by so just a note um a be careful where you hang out but b when you do hang out in places like that uh just make sure that you're prepared and also know that other people hang out there that uh, may or may not share the same values as you. Yeah, bars can be uh, fairly nasty. Absolutely. This is uh, from personal experience. All right. Number 15. <laughs> Number 15. On November 17th, on December 17th, 2017, before quitting time at uh, Schlinkler Automotive, I hope I said that right. A mentally deranged man, RB, walks in when without notice, kills one of the employees, motorcycle and hunting enthusiast Roger Smith, and then shoots David Cordero in the spine, paralyzing him for life. Don Smith and Nathan Taylor, both co-workers of Cordero and Smith, were legally concealed carriers and put two bullets into RB, who they held alive for the police. RB uh, had never been in the shop and knew none of the men that he shot. 
when you have people who are suffering from this associative schizophrenia, I don't remember if that was the thing that this man was suffering from, but he had a he had a diagnosis. It was bipolar schizophrenia or something to that effect. And you allow them to walk around like that, um, and you there are potential consequences. I'm actually not for locking up bipolar schizophrenics. I'm not, but I'm really not for disarming people who didn't do anything wrong either. And so what you have here is a guy who had intended to shoot up a public place, put down quickly with only one life lost, and unfortunately one maimed. Is it acceptable? Uh, No. But do you have control over that? Quite obviously not, because most of these are gun-free zones. This shop was not. Josh, got the next one? Story 16. One peaceful evening at Louis Lakeside Eatery was interrupted for Juan Carlos Nazario and Brian Whittle, Whittle, who had to retrieve their firearms from their trucks of their cars to defend themselves from A.T. A.T. entered the eatery from the front door wearing eye and ear protection and no other noted motivation. Nazario and Whittle fired on A.T., killing them saving an unknown amount of lives, but forever leaving A.T.'s motivations a mystery. Only four people were injured, one of which was a broken arm from finding cover. So here you have a situation where you can almost assume that there was a 30-06 or a 30-07 or some equivalent sign, i.e. do not carry in here, do not carry open, do not carry concealed. I'm just going to make that assumption. I might be wrong. I'm not saying that it's gospel. If someone wants to fact check me, good on you. Do it in the comment section below. I welcome it. But you've got two guys who have guns in their cars that they have to go run out and get and come in and respond to. Someone who apparently came in with eye pro and ear pro. This guy thought about it. This guy was ready to go. And for whatever his reason, his intent was to kill an indiscriminate amount of people as far as we can tell these two men came out put them in the ground i think that's the best possible scenario and again it comes down to do we allow people freedom or do we not and some people say well this is not a good testament to uh someone responded and tweeted against the indiana mall uh shooter intervention the mall of the americas guy came in Shot the bad guy, and this one politician tweets, well, it's not a shining uh, uh, light on the Second Amendment that this man had already shot three other people, and then some kid was violating the gun-free zone with his concealed carry permit and shot him. How dare he? Yeah. So the response to that lady is, oh, so you you wanted more people to to die because you're, you're not allowing the Second Amendment to work. The Second Amendment works when those men are carrying at their table. The Second Amendment works when that guy is walking in the Mall of the Americas with his legally owned, possessed, carried firearm and is able to put down the the guy from 40 yards away, by the way, which is nuts. And not only that, and I didn't mean to interrupt John Arthur, but not only that, here's a guy who's legally carrying 
and he's not bothering. He hasn't done anything to anybody. He's just walking around doing his own thing and has done nothing to anybody except the guy that started shooting other people who came in with the intention to do exactly that. And our our Second Amendment carrier and his girlfriend, a nurse, both cared for and treated the gunshot wounds afterward. So Correct. I'm just saying, compare that, just that one politician coming out, and she's not the only one. These people who come out and say that, oh my gosh, it's terrible that, that the Mall of the America shooter was stopped by a Second Amendment carrying, you know, concealed carrier. Okay. We know who not to vote for. You know, <laughs> we, we know the problem. We get it. Thank you. Noted. Moving on to the next story. Mr. Charlie, can you get that from me, sir? One evening in a Kroger in Kentucky, GB carried out a racially motivated shooting of a black man and black woman. Both died. The carnage ended when two legally armed citizens engaged GB and GB fled the scene, only to later be captured by police. GB had a history of domestic violence and mental health history. So this one's an interesting one. And again, it's, it's, it's not a pretty one. But you've got a angry racist, your standard bill of fare, angry at black people, this or that. He executed them both in the back of the head, walked up behind and did that, just vile. Aren't, aren't, aren't you glad that this didn't turn into a Buffalo, New York shooting? Aren't you glad that there was a white and a black person carrying responsibly? And the, 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 the guy sits a bunch of racially motivated crap about whites don't shoot whites, don't shoot me, sort of thing. And they were in a Mexican standoff, and the guy walked out. Cops got him a couple blocks away. But aren't you glad that there were two people there who were legally carrying who stopped GB? It could have been another Buffalo, New York shooting where they killed 10 people. This is how you stop evil. You empower good people, and then you punish evil. This guy doesn't get to live another day. Why? Why are some of these school shooters out and about, and they're and they're they're getting to live their lives after they took away someone else's? And some of them, like that one that we talked about, he last episode, he killed his his girlfriend's three year old toddler, and they and they declined to prosecute. Uh, he, yeah. So. Why? When you have godly responsibility, freedom isn't easy. When you have godly responsibilities, you have godly consequences when you violate those rights and responsibilities. That's what we're asking for. We're asking for people, for good people, to have the rights to do what they're able to do, and bad people just to get the consequences. Mr. Steve, yes. can you tee us up, sir? 18. Late on April 19, 2015, John Hendricks, an Uber driver, lawfully carrying, saw EC firing into a crowd of people. Our driver put six rounds into EC and prevented any further loss of human life. EC amazingly lived until 2019, where more of his antics apparently earned him several more holes. I'll bet fatal this time. So I wanted to do the follow-up with this 
because this 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 guy EC was allowed after shooting into a crowd of people. Uber driver pulls up, pulls his gun, puts six shots into the guy, puts him down. The guy lives eventually. You know, he makes it through a uh, hospital stay. And then we release him into the general public. But oh my gosh, don't you dare step on a tortoise egg. You'll get 15 years in prison. This guy is out in four years doing more criminal stuff with criminal people. I don't know if he deserved to get shot. I'm going to assume that he was doing a drug deal. It's just the first thing that comes to my mind. I, no one knows. Who knows the the investigators were never able to figure it out because if I remember correctly, this was done in Chicago. So they never figured it out. They're overloaded. Okay, so so the guy didn't kill anyone. We'll let him go in two years or three years. Right. And sick him back on the pop public. You want to know what the problem is? When when justice is slow, sin reigns. Right. When when justice is slow, sin reigns. Look at this. You've got a guy just like that just like the other shooter we were talking about. I'll come back to it. Why do these people get to walk? Why do pedophiles get to walk five years? But 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 you're going to this one. There's this one fellow who got fifteen or twenty years for mishandling the remains of of people who were who were interred at his fake funeral home. The guy was grifting and he was making you know ten thousand dollars a casket. And three months later, the bodies were still in the. And then the guy put didn't empty empty casket into the ground. Sick, sick, vile human, sick man. And he took advantage of all these families. Sick. But why are you letting pedophiles, mass shooters, mass murderers back into the public? Only three years, but this sicko who mishandled human remains gets twelve years. I'm not saying he shouldn't get 12 years. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, why do mass shooters get let back out into the public? If you're going to hold the standard, hold the standard. And before you say wrongful death or wrongful incarceration or wrongful death row uh, uh, prisoners, mass shooters are pretty easy to ID. I'm sorry. Yeah. Especially when they're shot on the scene. You know, I'm I'm super glad that this Uber driver was carrying, because majority of them don't. Oh, by the way, but Uber Uber's policy is not gun friendly. Exactly. It, it so this this guy was carrying, and I trust lawfully for his state. I want to read actually the Uber policy. The Uber uh, prohibits riders and their guests, as well as driver and delivery partners from carrying firearms of any kind while using the app to the extent permitted by applicable law. But catch this. Please note that the only situation where we would allow a firearm while using the app is if you are transporting your firearm in accordance with Transportation Security Administration rules for transporting firearms and ammunition. That means your firearm must be unloaded and locked in a hard-sided container in the trunk of the vehicle. So this guy was, quote-unquote, violating the policy of Uber. Thankfully so. Thankfully. He was driving. Oh, I got one bad thing to say about him, though, is that that guy needs to be a better shot. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. 
That's so <laughs> should have gone to the range more often because with shot six rounds each folks. shot placement. Uh, one of cows. my cousins, one of my cousins uh, uh, who is dating a a LA is either LA or San Diego PD uh, uh, daughter. He was telling me the other day about they put nine or twelve forty-five caliber rounds into the guy who still kept coming. Right. So, by the way, when they say, why, why don't you just wing him? He's carrying a knife. 21-foot rule. Look up the 21-foot rule. Someone's oh, yes. running at you with a knife. It doesn't matter if you pump them full of 10 rounds. Yep. They can still get a successful stab. Yep. And knives are just as much or more so dangerous than bullets because of the entrance pattern, because of blood grooves. If you have a knife that has a groove in it, Think about it for a moment. What's that supposed to do? Hydraulically vent. Knives are very dangerous. So very. This one, you know, if you want to talk about the caliber debate, whatever caliber it is, does it get you this right here in the T bar, or can you get it in the A box? Okay, that's my question. It doesn't matter if it's twenty two. 380 or 45 okay by the way i use nine okay i'm just saying nine millimeters and nice is a nice round it does it's fine uh it's good enough but whatever you use shot placement huge okay we're, we're in, in uh, texas we're all about gun control control where your shots are going <laughs> control your gun well and, and it's the same way when you go hunting it's all about shot, shot placement. placement make sure your shot placement is good moving on to jennifer yes story 19 a more recent story of a good gal with a gun. Uh, she was at a graduation party about to turn lethal on May 25th, 2022. And the results were perfect this time. After 10 p.m., DB produced an AR-15 and opened fire. But our good gal drew on DB and neutralized the threat who was dead on arrival when the police arrived. We could find no motive published as of writing this. Good for her. So you've got a guy who thinks he has a soft target. He's angry for whatever his reasons. He wants to fire indiscriminately into a graduation party. Huh. But this one's not on school property. <clears throat> huh. Someone's able to produce a firearm, I assume, from her purse. By the way, it's a bad idea, ladies. Yeah. Garter holster or, or something is much better. Just saying. Uh, something on body, but she's able to produce a firearm and neutralizes the guy. That's what we're talking about. That should be the first response. And again, we'll probably cover some other church shootings later. There's a lot of them where you have good guys with guns in the congregation. But um, you, you want to have people who are trained, knowledgeable, and prepared. If if we don't have any other thoughts before we move on to the next one, I want to move on to probably the one of the bloodiest shootings in Texas. You have one? No. Okay. Very good. One of the bloodiest shootings in Texas. Josh is going to the bathroom. For those of you who saw that. Mm-hmm. So, at 1130 a.m. on November 5th, 2017, Stephen Williford had been taking a nap. He had had a rough week, or he had a rough week ahead of him, and he had skipped church that day. However, his daughter woke him up, asking him if he had heard gunfire. Williford grabbed his AR-15 and ran out the door without his shoes when his daughter said 
Just canvas the block. There's a guy in black tactical gear outside of the Baptist church. Almost as if in a western, Williford called out to the shooter, Hey, this shooter had murdered 26 people and wounded 22 others. One of the two of the people being a pregnant woman and her child. At this moment, the shooter turned and left the building. Someone in the congregation said it was as if an angel was calling a demon out of hell, the hell that we were living in. Williford confronted and shot the shooter, who was wearing a bulletproof vest. The shooter then fled in a car, only later to commit suicide, rather than be bleed out or be taken by the cops. There you have the stereotypical... This is what you want to see more of, is when you're in a gun-free zone, someone comes in, you want that savior. The other 22, this guy was going through the church and killing them. His objective, and, and he had writings to this effect, he was, his objective was go to another church and do the same thing. Williford saved untold lives. And yes, you're not supposed to say, hey, I'm out here. When uh, someone is, is shooting, you're not supposed to give away your your position. But someone in the church said it was it was like an angel was calling the devil out of the church because the guy turned around and walked out. Williford put two bullets in center mass on this guy, and he was confused. It's like, did I miss him? No, the guy was wearing a flak jacket. By the way, shot placement, okay? Uh, in the words of uh, Thanos, should have gone for the head. Uh, shot placement, huge. But the guy ran off. Williford got him once in the thigh, and uh, he was running over to a to to a car. He saw a guy driving along. Said, "Man just shot up a church. I need a ride." He said. Next thing I heard was the door unlocking. So this random stranger picked up Williford. They chased after the guy who ran off the road, and Williford sat there for about an hour waiting for the cops. Cops roll up behind. No, no response out of the car. They finally walk up and they find the shooter dead. All of that to say, this guy came out and this is their worst nightmare because he's a the left's worst nightmare because he's an NRA instructor. He's an NRA instructor and he knew what he was doing and he built his firearm from scratch. And this guy is a big teddy bear. He's a, he's a, he looks like Santa Claus. Look him up. Stephen Williford. Hero. But what they would have is this man allowed to run amok. And by the way, the Army, uh, Army or Air Force, who, whoever it was, had to pay $230 million, I believe is the number, to the residents of Sutherland Springs because this man had had multiple strikes. You want to talk about red flag loss? This guy was a vet who was so screwed up. He was messed up in the head, and he was not approved. He should not have been able to buy a firearm. And so what you find is with the National Instant Background Check System, NICS, or whatever it's called, uh, it's NICS. NICS, yes. I, I don't remember what it's said. Anyway, that system is so faulty. It's so flawed. I've gotten pauses on it having zero history a lot of people get delayed do you want to delay that that woman that we talked about last week who her husband gets mad at her because she's leaving him do you want to delay her for three days getting a firearm 
it was too late. If she tried to go in and get a firearm off the National Instant back, Background Check System and he goes, I'm going to kill you. If he had said that and she had gone out that night to Academy to try to buy a, a 38 Special, you would deny her of that gun. And then you allow this creep who shot up Sutherland Springs Church. Almost 50 people. 48. 48 people. Yep. You'll allow him to slip through. That's the problem because it's a man-made solution to a God-ordained and given response where we're taking that God-ordained, God-given response and we're substituting it with something that man has created. A political problem. We can create a political problem out of it. One of the things that's very troubling right now in our society, you listen to the rhetoric of our politicians, and it is increasingly pointing at violence more and more. Um, And and by the way, it's, it's on both sides. So just to be clear... It's, it's troubling, and I actually saw something this last week that I, I kind of wished had not been said. He's right, um, and I'm not going to say who it was, but they had mentioned that if things do not turn around from allowing these murderers to get back on the street, we're going to have vigilante justice, and that is what's coming. And by the way... Do you want to make it racist? Stir this into the pot. No, 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 no. We can't prosecute them because they're illegal. Mm -hmm. We have to prosecute them on a curve because of systemic racism. We We can't give this person the death penalty because they're black. How about if they do something evil, if they're red, white, black, or purple, we... Go ahead and carry out sentence without regard for what they look like. Amen. How about that? Or if they're one of the so-called groups that need certain protections under the law, the squeaky wheel people. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And that should never be that should never be an excuse or a card. I want to go to the scriptures wrapping up here because we are wrapping up on our time. I do want to go to the scriptures, and I want to start off. We said last week that we were going to come, we're going to start up with uh, Luke 22, 38 through 39. Mr. Charlie, can you get that for us, sir? Yeah, and you, you said to 39? Yep. Okay. Go, go wide. Just go wide, Miss Producer. There you go. Uh, look, Lord, they replied, we have two swords among us. That's enough, he said. Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. So I think that's interesting. There were 11 present, plus Jesus. I think some people will take this to mean one of two things, and neither of which are accurate. Some people will say, well, you only needed two. You didn't need more, so you don't really need that many guns. And then there are other people who take the opposite extreme, say, sell, sell everything you have and buy guns. And, you know, every Christian needs to be fully armed to the teeth. Now, I, I think this says something about the body. You have eyes, you have brains, you have hands, you have feet. And yes, in the body of Christ, there's always a liver and, and a colon. But uh, some, someone has to deal with everyone else's crap. Uh, but, but all jokes aside, you have someone 
you have some people in the congregation who are supposed to be protecting everyone else as a deterrent. And so I would say don't read too much into that, right? But just read it plainly. That's enough. There's always those who are the sheepdogs. Indeed. Indeed. Matthew 38, or 538-39, please, Mr. Johnson. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. So, again, one of the most misquoted passages in the Bible, I think. gosh, yes. But we're talking about offenses here. We're talking with someone, we're not talking about a uh, all-out slug, right? We're talking about someone slapping you. And that was typically a challenge to your authority or to your manhood or I'm just telling you that's what it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. So when someone does that, you've got to be willing to, okay, act in grace. That, how nice of you to say, I'm not, I'm not picking it up. I'm not picking up the gauntlet. I'm not fighting you. That's not talking about allowing them to rape and murder your wife and children at 3 a.m., as some people will take that and say, well, you know, turn the other cheek. You've got to abstain from your your abstain from your God given responsibilities as a parent and allow the stuff to happen to your household. That's not what that that's what we call an eisegesis. Yeah, and I, I think that to your point about this is not a full on slug, you know, getting sucker punched is no joke. And and if they get you unconscious, it doesn't matter if they don't have weapons. They they can do whatever they want to you, and you have no recourse to defend yourself if you let them get that far just because, you know, they, they weren't armed or something like that. This is... Fists can be deadly weapons. My, my dad has a story to that point. When he was in high, uh, high school or middle school, I don't know which, they started hitting him, and he thought they were just playing around but there were a bunch of bullies and they all ganged up on him and they beat him and they beat him until he was unconscious and he was laying face first in a puddle of mud very very real chance that you don't get up from that if someone doesn't come and roll you over okay so you have a life it's been given to you you were bought with a cost you're here to be here make sure that if you were going to die it is for a godly purpose and not some terrible person's whim. Make sure that that's the case. And on that note, Romans twelve seventeen. I want to add this in here. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Remember, vigilantism. I'm going to be really careful here. I'm going to say that there are cases where people do need to rise up and institute law and order. I would argue that in America, we're not there yet. We really need to work. We need to change the system. Some of you out there who are complaining about how bad things are have never worked an election. You've never even emailed your Congress or Senate folk. Okay? Get involved. When people whine and cry about, someone was whining about Donald Trump, and I said, did you work in the 
primaries? Did you try to get someone else voted in? No. Okay, shut up. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't mean to be that gruff with you. But if you did not try to get a godly person in in the primaries, and now you didn't even vote, you have lost the right to, to, to stand on a moral high ground. Maybe if the church actually was part of the political process, we wouldn't be dealing with all the cultural garbage. You have to be a church that is armed with truth. Do not repay evil for evil. Instead, we should be seeding and sowing good crown. Uh, Josh, can you get First Peter three nine for us, sir? I'll apologize. One second. No worries. We'll wait for you. While he's getting that, Mister Charlie, can you get Proverbs twenty four twenty nine? Mm-hmm. You want me to do it now? Yeah. Do Is it, it First Peter three nine? Okay. Mister Charlie, go. Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. Remember, do not repay evil for evil. Do not go and gun down the person who is out there uh, outside of your house after he stole your TV. You can stop him. You can say freeze. You can get in between him and his car. Those sorts of things are all righteous. But do not hunt someone down. Josh. First Peter 3.9 do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to, this you, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So just remember, just remember, that is the attitude that we should have. Now, I want to go ahead and send Mr. Steve to Psalms 144.1. If you can get yes. Psalms 144.1 for me. Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war. And gives my fingers skill for battle. Is there anything wrong with being prepared to defend one's home and one's country? Absolutely not. Why would God say this? Why would why would God allow this if otherwise? Just a thought. Exactly. Psalms eighteen thirty four, if you can get that for me, Jennifer. Rescue weak and needy people. Help them escape the power of wicked people. Man, needy people, like your three- and six-year-old in your house, they're dependent on you. They're dependent on you. Psalms 82, four, uh, sorry, 1834. Am I, going, am I going back over it? No, I'm not. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. By the way, a bronze bow. Any, any archery people in here? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got I've got three of us in here, uh, Mr. Producer, Mr. Steve, and myself. When you are pulling a long bow back, it's not like your it's not like your uh, uh, compound bows today. A bronze bow is going to be a beautiful, b very hard pull, very hard. So just understand, and it's supposed to send a long dart. That would be the um, SR twelve, the sniper rifle of the uh, uh, ancient days. Just a thought. That's why the arms are being strengthened. <laughs> if you can go ahead and get me Proverbs 24, 11, Josh. Apologies. Rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. 
save them as they stagger to their death. So, again, I, I can't think of a more applicable verse for school shootings. Okay? And what's the best way to do that is to have people on hand. Mr. Pomeroy, can you get First Timothy 5.8? Yeah, but if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Okay. That's an important thing to think about. That's an important thing to think about. Imagine this from the perspective of if you have a mandate as a parent to take care of your children. Okay? I'm just saying, whether it's in your house, whether it's in their school, whether it's at the grocery store, you have been given a responsibility. Fulfill it. We've talked about Romans 13, 1 through 7. Remember, we are acting underneath a governmental authority. Try to change the government. In America, we live in a unique place. You are the government. The government of representatives from us sent to the state and federal level to represent us. That's who they are, and that's who we are. And uh, Josh, can you get Nehemiah 4, 16 through 18 for me while he's queuing that up? You have to know, you have to understand that God has laid some stuff out for us as far as provisions, rights, opportunities, but you've been told to do these things. There's a consequence for not for not fulfilling your roles and your responsibilities. You having a hard time there, bud? Yeah, I am. I can't. I'm Mr. Charlie, can you get it for me? Which one? Nehemiah. 4, 16 through 18. From that day forward, half of my men were doing the work, and half of them were taking up spears, shields, bows, and body armor. Now the officers were behind all the people of Judah who were rebuilding the wall. Those who were carrying loads did so by keeping one hand on the work and the other on their weapon. The builders to a man had their swords strapped to their sides while they were building, but the trumpeter remained with me. Just keep that in mind. If that if there were ever a a set of verses that provided for corporate America to wake up, correct. This is it. So I just want to run around the room here, getting some short closing thoughts from each chair. Theologically, do we have a mandate to defend our families, our children, and our homes? Of course. I mean, we saw that in Exodus 23. We see this in Exodus 21. Oh, actually, you could do the entire thing. You could do Exodus 21 through 23. And I think we've seen the biblical mandate everywhere else. Even if it's tangential at best, there is still something there about protecting the the innocent and also caring for the people who are innocent or caring for the people who are not necessarily innocent but vulnerable. We see this also in James 127 when it talks about caring for the widows and for the, and for the um, sorry, drawing a blank here. Orphans. orphans orphans yes i was trying to think i was like children Thank which you, children? producer <laughs> sorry about that but james 127 we, we see this in in scripture caring for the 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 vulnerable and so part of that is protecting them absolutely and so moving over to the chair of philosophy i just want to hone in a little bit your closing thoughts on if something works if we have data stats and and, and facts that show one thing what would be something that would get in the way of implementing 
the logical, philosophical underpinnings. Could it be a theological belief that is impeding, say, in secular humanism? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely can. And I think this really, this whole, the, the two podcasts that we've done on this, I think have really helped people understand, first of all, there's a biblical justification. That's first and foremost. Second, you need to consider the motives of those who keep preaching gun control. And let me be clear on something for everybody before you go jumping on some kind of bandwagon here. I understand the issues with different types of weapons. I I understand the issues with people with mental health issues, so on and so forth. We're not digging in those weeds. That's not what we're, we're really aiming at today. We could certainly spend time on that. Maybe another time we do. The key is, am I justified to carry? Is it okay? And why is it okay? Is, does it produce good results? And if you have listened to these two weeks of podcasts and you can't come to the conclusion that this has produced good results... You've got a lot more studying to do. Correct. Because the only thing is brought is pain. Yep. Is setting up pain. Because you've created a culture of victims. What would a cult I asked you this question last time. What culture have we created? What does a culture of victors look like? If is in regard to this subject and in general as far as personal empowerment and personal responsibility. A culture of victors looks like where people are allowed to take care of their own protection, not having to rely on others for themselves' protection, their family protection, not having to wait on others to show up after the incident has occurred and already happened. They can take care of the situation while it's happening or before it happens. Like one of the incidences we talked about the just graduation a few seconds party. ago of the Baptist where in the Baptist church where 46 people were shot, 26 of them murdered. I mean, you think about it. If someone in that church had been carrying, there might have been none of them that would have or maybe just only one. It was 48 killed in that graduation party. No one died because the lady was quick and she was ready to Correct. go. Correct. Praise that lady. I mean, I mean that that is excellent for her. So, that's what a culture of victors looks Correct. like. Moving over to the chair of politics. People talk about politics as though it's this icky gooey ball, and maybe it is. Okay? Maybe it is. But the problem is, it's like I had a conversation with with one one of our friends, a friend of the show. Uh, He was saying, I don't get into politics because it's too icky. Well, I said, politics is a lot like public sanitation. If someone doesn't take care of it, we'll all be swimming in it. That's a great point. And so just thoughts on the political realm and the importance of elections, the importance of emailing your senators and congressfolk. Well, one might ask the question... Has it always been a icky ball that nobody wants to get involved with? And if 
if it hasn't, which I, I would argue that it, at some points it hasn't, you know, there are ways to set up a political system that are not horrible. So the question then becomes, well, how did we get where we are? Mm. How, how are we in this position where it is just a, it's a whole task to get involved in politics we have gotten into this position because we have been lazy with our politics. We have not stood up when something small happened and we let it slide and we let it slide and we, we let them get away with this and we let them get away with that. And then it snowballs and it becomes this huge monster. You know, I, I like a lot of what Jordan Peterson says, some, some of it not so much, but... One point that I really like, and I like the way that he articulates it, is that you have to make a choice about about slaying dragons. He uses this analogy. Are you going to go out and and slay this dragon, which is scary, you don't want to do it, but if you don't, it's going to get bigger. It's 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 going to come and fight you. If you don't go out to it, it's going to come to you. And that's kind of where I think we're at with politics. I, I don't want to get involved in politics, but if I don't, if I let it keep going, they're going to come and start invading my life, which is what I think that we're seeing today. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And frankly, I really really debated getting involved in radio when someone offered me the original chance to get into that. And I really debated doing this because I would like to do children's, I'd like to write children's films, shows, books. I would like to do that. And it, it, it has come to my attention, it came to my attention that, oh, you may not be able to do that. You might get blacklisted. People will not like that because you've been political before. But A, did God call you to be loved by all men? No. B. Am I going to have that opportunity in the future if I don't step up now? Because they're taking everything. They're going to take everything that you allow them to take. So why don't you stand up and fight now when it's bloodless? Why aren't you fighting right now, when you can do it without shedding blood. It is the most merciful, it is the most loving thing to say, these are the things that wars are fought over. Let's deal with this now in a way that is peaceful, loving, kind, and through our governmental system, as opposed to me having to take to the streets in 10 years when God only knows what else is in place, including my right to worship God, my right to raise my own kids because they want to take away your kids. They do. They want to, if your kid, they'll tell you, you must put your kid in public school. We will teach that kid that they are not the gender that they think they are. Oh, you don't want to chop off parts of your child's body, irreversibly damaging them. You're a child abuser. We're going to take away your kids and while we're at it, we're going to put you in prison. That is not a slippery slope argument. That is where we are. That is where we are. It's not a slippery slope. That's where they want to go. That's what they want to do to us. That's what they want to do to you. So when you are faced with an issue like gun violence, do not fall for the emotional blackmail. Do not fall for it. You can just as easily, it's a non sequitur. 
You want you want AR-15s? You want kids to die. You don't want AR-15s in school. You don't want to arm teachers. You want kids to die. You can flip that on its head. Mm-hmm. So instead of flipping it on its head, why don't you say, well, what do you mean by that? What makes an AR-15 different? Why Why would you? There are good stories of good guys with a gun. And by the way, we're, we're going to try. Uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff because it does help us. It gives us encouragement. We're hoping to try to start to create more and more stories of good guys with and without guns and publish them on a regular basis because people need a morphine drip of this. People need a morphine drip of just drip, good guy with a gun, good guy with a gun, good guy with a gun. You need to hear that. You need to know when it happens. Just this year alone, in January and February of 2022, uh, if I remember, I'll put the link in the description below. Uh, crime, I think it's the Crime Research Center, whatever it is. They have 20-some-odd, 30-some-odd good guy with gun stories. So for every mass shooting, there is a legally carrying individual who saves lives. And actually, a lot more. It's between 500,000 and 3 million every year use a firearm defensively with only 30,000 or less using it for homicide. So you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, you know what to do with that like button, that share button. Sharing is caring. The YouTube loves the share now. That actually helps with the algorithm. Go ahead and share this to someone or just share it to yourself and uh, bump the algorithm a little bit. (laughs) I'm, I'm kidding, YouTube. I'm kidding. Go ahead and do that. Uh, with that said, if you didn't like this podcast, slap that uh, down vote multiple of two as many times as you like. We love you all. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See you guys. All right. All right. If you're still here, you're either asleep, YouTube is on autoplay, or you did enjoy <laughs> the show. If you did enjoy the show, uh, again, put down in the <laughs> comment section, which gun law do you think is the most egregious? Which gun law? So there's NICs. There's uh, bans based on the type of weapon. There are laws based on red flag laws. So someone can call you. You know, we talked about this when we talked about the racist history of gun control. Um, there's laws about you can carry it in your car, but you have to carry it unloaded and uh, disabled. What's the most egregious law that you can think of? And you can say the same one if you want. Canada. Canada, just in general. Whatever Canada does, the worst. You're not, you do not have the right to defend yourself in Canada. That's what uh, Prime Minister Blackface said. And, and again, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm okay with Lilith Hominem. He deserves it. He's done mm-hmm. it more times than anyone else, and he's not been canceled. <laughs> that guy has a fetish. He's horrible. He's got a fetish. He's sick in the head because it's not just his face. He does it. Anyway, uh, sick person. He's a sick, sick, sick person. And he believes that. If in Canada, people have actually been arrested for knife knifing someone who was knifing them. They've been arrested and put in jail, and the other person's now the uh, protected by the government. So yeah, Canada, just in general. Four immense violence. Them fake French people. Them fake French people. Mr. Charlie? <laughs> this is a tough question. I, I probably would lean toward the banning of assault weapons. Define that word. <laughs> that's not a real thing mr. I, mr steve and i both have assault weapons on our hip by california's definition yep. well uh, okay california's definitions would not even come to play in this 
The, the, and, and that's, well, I'm not going to get into that because this is just a small segment. But I would say in general that I think the other one of not being able to carry in your car. Is, I think that's nuts. Th- those two are the ones that really grind the gears. They, they grind the gears. Mr. Steve? I would say I've got one and two. And in that order, <clears throat> I would say the red flag law and the mm. next system are not good. Laws. I, I, I don't care for them at all. Jennifer? Yeah, I, I would probably say the red flag laws. Because that's not only yeah. affecting your Second Amendment, you know, right to bear arms, it's it's affecting your due process as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's yep. a terrible precedent. Uh, those are all terrible. I'm just going to say anywhere that does not have constitutional carry, that has the permit system. I don't believe in the permit system. If you can legally own the firearm, you should be allowed to carry it. Three. If you cannot legally own the firearm, you did something that probably warranted the death penalty. Okay? Inalienable rights only come when you have responsibility and consequences. That's my submission to you. Love you all. Tell us in the comment section down below what you like. See ya.